So this Sunday, round two against the Jacksonville Jaguars for the Indianapolis Colts, who are 2-2-1, two, two and one, and uh, that's way better than they deserve. Or you could argue that's way worse than they should be. I mean, how do you like it? Tony Katz, 93 WIBC, good morning. Good to be with you. JMV joins us right now from 93.5107.5 The Fan. It is the Colts. It's the Jaguars. It's a 1 o'clock kickoff over there at Lucas Oil. They have had a nice long rest since the Thursday night game, beating Denver in the worst game you ever saw until maybe last night with the Commanders over the Bears. Uh, I I guess Amazon is where you go to not, you know, play good football. But the Colts coming into this game... Are the Matt Ryan problems the big story, or is the big story, hey, we moved around this offensive line, Braden Smith is all in on this thing now, and that, problem solved, Uh, Matt Ryan will never get sacked again. No, hey, Tony, the big story is this offensive line, and that's where we continue to go, and I know people are getting worn out on it, but the fact remains, if this offensive line does not work, this team doesn't work, and that's exactly the results you have seen so far this year. You mentioned something as you were bringing me in here, uh, is it good to be 2-2-1? Two, two and one? Is it bad to be 2-2-1? Two, two and one? And all you have to do is go back to July or go back to June and think about, in, in the worst-case scenario, if this offensive line of this quarterback looked the way that it did through the first five weeks of the season, what you thought this record might look like, and you probably wouldn't have them winning a game. So there is no doubt, Tony, this is a fortunate team to be 2-2-1, two, two and one, but if they simply put, cannot get these guys, and I'm talking about the players, If they cannot find a solution to this offensive line, it is going to be more of the same, if not worse, as we move forward. And that starts with Jacksonville and what should be just a tremendous revenge game coming up inside Lucas Oil Stadium on Sunday. So when we talk about these moves, who's in, who's out, and what is the hope? All right. I don't know for the hope, Tony. I don't know if I have much hope for it right now, but here's what I think they're going to do coming up on Sunday. So Bernard Ryman, the rookie, he is going to get the start for the rest of the year at left tackle. You saw he was rough, beyond rough, over a week ago on Thursday night in Denver. Uh, They say he got better. I don't know. I didn't have an eyeball for that. I just saw inside his helmet a bunch of times. It looked like he was somewhere between nightmare and wanting to puke. But he is going to be the starter at left tackle. Quentin Nelson, obviously, left guard. Ryan Kelly appears to be still moving forward as the starter at center because Frank Reich said a couple of days ago, you know, he has had no discussions about replacing Ryan Kelly, who's been ineffective at center. I would think at, at right guard, you may end up seeing Matt Pryor. If for nothing else, you can't really find any place else on this line where he's going to do any good. So I would look at maybe Matt Pryor. Maybe they go back to Danny Penter at right guard. And I think Braden Smith goes back to right tackle coming up on Sunday. That's going to be the look of the offensive line. Matt Ryan. Is Matt Ryan your problem, or is Matt Ryan a problem because the offensive line is a problem? Well, Tony, I mean, he is a part of the problem, definitely. You fumble 11 times, and you're significantly a part of the problem. You throw seven interceptions through five weeks, you're significantly a part of the problem. But, listen, to my eyeballs and everybody else's, you can see that the dude is running for his life the entire time. But I have an edge at least a couple of different times in going to these games and sitting in the press box. Normally, it's not great sitting six stories above Lucas Oil Stadium's playing service, but you can see in those games where he misses guys. He has missed guys. He has not been that 
that effective. He has not been that efficient, but it all certainly hasn't been on him. And it does start with the offensive line, which would beg the question, why have they not shortened up some routes? Why have they not tried to go to the screen game more? And I know people are screaming at the radio that are Colts fans right now saying, well, wait a minute, that's just not what they do well. Well, I would say to hell with well right now. You've got to find something you can do to be able to sustain drives because they, the offensive line, can't protect long enough to give these guys a chance to perform their routes as receivers and Ryan to look for him. He's running for his life basically after one second. So to me, offensively, you've got to try to change the rules up a little bit with how Matt Ryan throws, a little quicker, shorter patterns, some screen game patterns as well. But honestly, he has been maybe not equal to the problem of the offensive line, but he has been a significant issue even beyond the inefficient play, Tony, of that offensive line. Talking to JMV from 93.5, 107.5, the fan, 3 to 6 p.m. You can join him then. So, Naeem Hines is still in the concussion protocol, or is he out uh, of it and able to play uh, on Sunday? What's the status of Jonathan Taylor and his uh, Philip Lindsay stretching? Uh, well, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor was limited in practice, so I, I would guess that's a good sign. I thought, I think I told you this earlier in the week, I thought he would have played had uh, this not been a short week last week, uh, but it was, and he didn't. But I would expect Jonathan Taylor to be able to play. Naheem Hines is a different story. Still wearing the red jersey yesterday, still within concussion protocol. So that's going to be certainly dicey. Tyquan Lewis, who had been in concussion protocol on the defensive side of the football, he was out of the red jersey, and we'll see about him coming up on Sunday. So they do, Tony. They have significant injury concerns here, no doubt about that. I I don't know about Naheem Hines. That's sketchy even at best right now for him to play on Sunday, but I would expect Jonathan Taylor. Oh, I I would expect Naeem Hines not to be playing on Sunday. That was some ugly wobbling, man. I mean, the guy clearly is tough as nails. I I like him as a player quite a bit. But holy cow, sometimes you get the bell rung, and that's what happened. Yeah, there's no doubt. And and I hate for it to be this way, but, Tony, you and I both know it's the way that it is because it's just societal that after Tua's situation – this is going to be an ultra-sensitive subject, no matter what we're talking about. And you're absolutely right. The optics of that, when he was wobbling after that hit, that is probably going to prolong, you know, the way that they focus in on how they're – and then they should. Don't get me wrong. They should for the betterment of the health of these players. But that situation with Tua a couple of weeks ago, it makes everything like that even more so ultra-sensitive and I'm assuming that's what they're also dealing with as well as he's trying to come back for this, and I would agree. Yeah, it's an outside chance at best and probably not even that. Let's talk about the defensive side of the ball just for a moment because so much of the problems are offensive and they're so glaring. In my view, outsider looking in, this defense is not living up to expectations at all. They clearly uh, don't have a Shaquille Leonard that they can have a faith in being there week after week. That's not a – I'm not talking about him not being a good player. I'm saying there's a problem and there's a health problem, and that problem has not gotten in any way uh, solved. But you take a look at sacks. You take a look at interceptions. Uh, this is not a team that is is crushing it. Where are they? What's happening? What changes could be coming on that side of the ball? Well, Tony, I I look at it this way, and you could say, you know, certainly all you want because Denver was um, an able subject being as bad as they were on Thursday night, but that defense did get 
better. It's interesting. You look back at the Kansas City game against Patrick Mahomes. They played as well against Patrick Mahomes as really you can as a defense. And I know Russell Wilson seemingly has incredible issues right now, but they certainly held him in check. I know DeForest Buckner had a couple of sacks, and Gakwe came off the edge for a sack as well. And then when you look in the secondary, you know, we've been uh, very negative on this Colts team, rightly so, so far this season, and especially on Chris Ballard, at least on my show with me, the general manager. But one of the things that he set out to do in the offseason is to find a playmaker in that secondary and bringing in a former NFL AFC Defensive Player of the Year, Stephon Gilmore, who people thought you know was injured and maybe passed it by now. He's already paid off because he essentially helped them win that game on Thursday night in Denver. He was the reason why they were there to win that game on four field goals in Denver. So I think he's been playing well. I think Julian Blackman at safety is going to be back coming up this weekend. So that's a good sign. So I guess what I'm saying is if you're looking for a silver lining as far as this defense is concerned, they did play better in Denver We'll see if they can play off of that against a Jacksonville team that basically the last two games against the uh, Colts have done really, Tony, whatever they wanted to do and really depends them. I mean, they've embarrassed them, you know, bounced them out of the postseason, embarrassed them in week two. So if you're thinking about a little payback in your mind, you kind of think about when's it going to come. If not Sunday, when, if ever, I guess, for this Colts team. Really quick, you, you said it's revenge. Uh, this game is over. What do you expect that score to be? If they don't win, if they don't beat them, I, I, my final score here is 24 to 21 Colts. If they don't beat them on Sunday, I'm going to be massively disappointed in this team for what it is worth about getting up for a team that you should absolutely have in the crosshairs after what they have done with you the past two games. I, I cannot even tell you how disappointed I will be if they don't win there on Sunday.